0: Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM.
1: Praise the Lord. Let's let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. I pray none of me but all of you. Grant unto me your son and your slave supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. May the gospel be proclaimed with clarity and power. Father, I thank you for the anointing. It is the anointing that makes the difference. And I step into those offices that you have called me to. And I thank you, Father. I minister out of that grace this morning. May the grace of God be in demonstration like never before. May you cause the hearers to to hear with grace and to receive with grace. And may that grace of the gospel impact their lives in such a way. May their prayer life go to another level. In the matchless name of Jesus, grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? What is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe? We thank you for these things, Father. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for joining us. I know there was a little ice storm. I know when I walked out this morning, I had to start the car up like 30 minutes ahead of time because of all the ice. I actually almost fell a couple times, but thank God for his protection and his angels. We're going to talk about the power of confession and prayer, the power of confession and prayer. Sometimes when people think about the word confession, automatically they go to the negative side and they start thinking about confessing of your sins. And we know from 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that if we've sinned, we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we know that there is a thing of confessing your sins. Even in the book of James, James chapter 5, it says, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. And even in Proverbs it says, he that forsakes his sin, confess and forsakes their sin, they shall obtain mercy. And so we see that the importance of confessing our sins. But the Bible has a hot, lot more to say about the positive side of confession. But before I dive in, we, I, I want us to think about what we what the Lord has been speaking to us as a church and as a body. That we've been talking about prayer since the beginning of the month. We start out with Angel talking about humility and Courtney talking about fasting, and I came with talking about being filled with the Spirit and speaking in tongues and and, and consecrating yourself with the, to the Lord. Talks about last week the highs type of prayer, prayer for communion, prayer to walk with God. We talked about praying with the Holy Spirit. and We got a couple more months, a couple more weeks in this month to continue our series about prayer. I believe that prayer is so vital. We probably need to talk about it every year. And I think I do. But I think I need to be more intentional about it. We need to have some some education and some understanding when it comes to prayer. So today I want to talk about the role of confession, the role of confession in prayer. Praying the answer through prayer. Praying the answer through confession will change your life. Sometimes we pray the problem instead of praying the answer. I am not telling you not to be transparent with God because He knows what's going on in your life. I am simply saying that there needs to be a greater focus on praying the answer instead of praying the problem. Because sometimes you can walk away from prayer more depressed than you were prior to going into prayer for praying the problem. God has given us a solution of how to pray the answer. So the power of confession in prayer. I want to, before I jump into this sermon, I want to talk about as a young lad, my prayers, my parents exposed me to great faith teachers in the body of Christ. And I'm talking about like people like Kenneth Copeland and Charles Caps and Kenneth e. Hagen and Jerry Savell. As a little boy, my mom and my father took me to see these great giants in the faith. I, I actually actually I got a chance to see many of them as a, a young lad and be exposed to their teachings. And I used to still, if I could see, stay still, maybe borrow my parents' books as well as their teaching tapes and listen to the sermons. <laughs> I'll be in my room like listening, like, oh wow, that's good. So these, these great giants shaped my life. That's my foundation. Many times people will talk about the sovereignty of God. Well, I believe the sovereign Lord helped me made sure that I was exposed to such great men and women of God. I was exposed to great men of God such as Keith Green and women of God such as Marilyn Hickey and Corey Tim Boom and even Pat Robinson. I remember seeing 700 Club and even videotaping um, all these. I still have videotapes of all these great sermons and James Robinson and different ones to feed my faith. I was so as a young lad so hungry for the things of God. I, I was even remember looking at such great. And in, in that light I want to talk about um, Dr. Frederick Casey Price who recently went home to be with the Lord on Friday. He was a, a, a giant in the faith. Dr. Price actually blessed my life over the years. I remember growing up and every Sunday There was like a rotation of ministers who came on BET. And it was, my grandmother made sure I looked at Bobby Jones' gospel. So while getting ready for church, I was looking at Bobby Jones' gospel, which exposed me to great gospel artists. Then I would go to church. If I missed Bobby Jones' gospel that morning, I could catch the recap Sunday night. But Sunday night was a special time because I also was able to see Kenneth Copeland and Fred Price, we looked at Fred Price every single night, and it was something for me. it affected me in ways <clears throat> that I can't explain that for me to see a man a a, a a man preaching faith and preaching the gospel that looked like me, that's forever changed my life. And I remember hearing evidence evidence, do you have enough evidence the the broadcast and it still goes on in my head. To this day, but Dr. Price, before I left New Jersey to go to Bible College, where I was going to be taught faith and be instilled, strengthen my foundation of the of the faith, my dad took me to a a a Fred Price service in Philadelphia, and in this service, this it was a spirit filled and spirit led service. It's been the, and I'm honestly going to say it has been the only service that I saw excellence and order on a higher level i've never been in a service up to that time or after that time where doctor where excellence was you felt excellence throughout the service it started on time it was it was a lot of order but it was also spirit filled and spirit led And I think, I'm pretty sure that he preached about faith that night. And it impacted me in such a way that it's forever etched on my spirit. So I wanted to thank God for Dr. Price, Apostle uh, Frederick Casey Price. And another thing that impressed me about this great general, he always paid his bills on time. There were some things that I necessarily didn't agree with, that some of the things that he taught, but most of it I did. I, I mean, that's it shaped who I am. And, <clears throat> but he, he often talked about paying his bills on time. He has a book called Integrity, the guarantee of success or something, the guarantee uh, formula for success, Integrity. And he talked about obeying the laws of the land and paying your bills on time. And he actually paid his television bill sometimes even six months to a year ahead of time. I knew people who used to work for him or who knew him personally, and they talked about such excellence that he had. And so I, I want to honor this great giant today. Uh, many of the things, I, I remember being a youth pastor and I wanted, from time to time, I wanted to set up the, the, our little sanctuary, what we call a little sanctuary. And sometimes I made it into a circle Because I saw that he had built this dome right there in the hood of L.A. And he was able to pay it off in a matter of two years. It was millions of dollars. And he was able to pay it off through his faith and the faithfulness of God's people tithing and giving offerings. And I wanted to imitate what I saw. So I just wanted to give praise to God for this great giant in the faith. You can look at many of his YouTube videos, some stuff you may disagree with, but it's okay. You di- I'm sure you disagree with everybody, but there's some things you can learn from him. So let me go on with the word, but we, 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 we remember his family and his church and prayer during this time of loss, but he's rejoicing. I thank God I was exposed to such powerful teachings. If it had not been for giants and and generals, I would not be the man that I am today. So the Lord has been dealing with me recently about going back to the foundation, my foundation, about confessing the word of God over everything. At one point to know me was to know that I was a person that confessed about everything. I confessed the growth of at the time, the youth ministry, speaking, even today, my all the speaking engagements I, I get is because of my faith. I believe God for engagements. And you're at this church because of my faith. <laughs> I believe God for the growth of this church. And I believe that God is leading us back to that foundation of speaking the word of God out. There were times I, I spoke the word of God over my car, over my body over the future of my family before I got married, over the ministry that the Lord had called me to oversee. So this week, the Lord dealt with me about confessing his word in prayer. So we're talking about prayer. And you know, I I, I hit different angles. Prayer is like a diamond. There's different facets to prayer. There's different aspects of prayer. It's just so vast. Prayer is so vast. And there's so many ways that you can pray effectively that is scriptural. This week, the Lord dealt with me about the the confession of his word in prayer. I want KLM, Kingdom Living Ministries, to become a praying church that prays in the spirit that prays with the help of the Holy Spirit, that prays in faith, praying the Word of God through confession and interceding. I want us to be an interceding church where we intercede for the lost and petition the Lord for the saints. A church who knows God and knows who they are in Christ. A church who takes a her rightful place in prayer and in the community, in this world. A church who Makes a difference through prayer, in spirit-filled and spirit-led living, a church who wins the loss and disciple the disciples, the believers into spiritual maturity. This is what the Lord has called us to do. We're called to be a people of prayer, and I don't believe that this calling is just for kingdom living Ministries but I do believe that it's the calling of every church Jesus boldly said in mark 11 my house should be called a house of prayer it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to entitle your church a house of prayer it simply means that the markings of a praying church needs to be displayed everywhere we go and I want everyone in this ministry to learn How to pray, to catch the spirit of prayer, and to become effective prayers. P-A-R, P-R-A, sorry, dash Y-E-R-S, prayers. I want us to become a praying people. Everyone, from children to the oldest person, need to learn how to pray and to pray with the Holy Spirit. Praying the word of God and different types of prayers. There's different types of prayers. Let's go with our, in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter six. This is not my text, but I believe that it will help you to understand the different types of prayers. Ephesians chapter six, verse 18. It says, praying at all times in the spirit. With all prayer and supplication. If you look that word up in the the Greek, it's praying with all types of prayers. We need to pray with all types of prayers. There's the prayer of intercession, the prayer of supplication, the prayer of submission, the praying in the spirit, praying the word of God, praying the Lord's prayer, praying with the help and uh, 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 with the promptings of the spirit. There are praying with your understanding, praying in silence, praying quietly, praying loudly, travailing prayer. We need to be schooled in all of these areas because we want to be open to the Holy Spirit as he leads us to pray. And one of the types of prayers that we're going to talk about is the power of confession and prayer. When, you, when the Spirit of the Lord leads you to make some declaration and make some decreeing and confessing the word in prayer. There is a place where the Spirit of God will lead you as you speak the word of God over your body, over your family, over your life, over your future. Let's go go with me to Mark chapter 11. Verses 22 and 25, That this is our text. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 to 25. I'm going to read that out of the King James as well as the ESV. King James says, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, And shall not doubt in his heart, But shall believe that, Those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. But when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you and your trespasses. ESV says this, it says, Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say unto you, whosoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast thrown into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that which he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I say to you or I tell you, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And what? whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father Also, who is in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. So we see here a a familiar text. If you've been around Kingdom Living Ministries any amount of time, you know this passage. We see the power of faith. Faith is a powerful force. I like to call it a dynamic grace. Faith is a dynamic grace. There's nothing like it in the world. You can operate by faith and not fully understand it all. No matter what I do, I will always operate in faith. I watch my words. I don't agree with people who don't speak in faith. As people say, even if I'm hearing a minister and they say things that are contrary to the word of God, I say, well, that won't be my lot in life. I'm very careful about what I agree with. I used to try to control, or I should say correct people's confession. I don't do that anymore. If they want to say something, so be it. (laughs) But I watch my confession, and I watch my family's confession, from my wife to my kids, to my dog, (laughs) and also the confession of the members of KLM. As someone who is teachable, and can receive correction then I will instruct them how to speak words in faith words are powerful there's nothing like it in the world in the world words create us even in prayer we need to be careful how we pray and what we say Mark 11:22 let's look at this in Jesus answering them have faith in God I love this, have faith in God. If anybody you need to have faith in is, is God. A lot of times people will talk about having faith in you. And it's okay to have faith in you as long as your primary faith is placed in God. And when I say have faith in you, not faith in you for your salvation, but believe in what God has given you. I, I couldn't preach if I didn't have faith in what God has given me. If I didn't believe that it was going to make a difference, then I should not be up ministering. I believe that my words and the gifts, the gifts and the grace of God, graces of God that's within me will make a difference. I believe that. So therefore, I, I believe there is an element of faith in yourself. When you're at work, you should have faith that you can do the job, right? And when you're at, at school, you should have faith that you can learn it. If you, you find yourself in debt, you you should have faith that you're going to pay off all these bills. So that's what I'm talking about—having faith in yourself. But here Jesus says, "Have faith in God." We need to put our faith in God. There's nothing like it. R.W. Shembach, who was evangelist back in the day when I was growing up, I remember him saying, "You know, you don't really have any problems. All you need is faith in God." <laughs> what a wonderful way of looking at life. All we really need is faith in God, and we know from the Book of James, without faith, without faith. I actually said, faith without works is dead. So when we're talking about faith, we're talking about acting upon the word of God. That is one of the definitions that I learned from Dr. Price, Frederick Price, is faith is acting upon the word of God. It's not uh, mentally assembling or uh, a mentally assessing or agreeing, mentally agreeing with the word of God, but actually acting upon what you believe. That's what the book of James is all about. It's faith in action acting upon your faith, working your faith. If you, you know, if God brings somebody to your door, your faith says, let me bless them if they are in need. If you have it in your possession to bless them or to meet their needs, then you should meet it. And that, that's the type of theology that James is trying to convey to the people of God. Faith without works is dead. To say I have faith and you do nothing with it, you really don't have, your faith is dead. Faith without works is dead. And we want to have living faith. Faith that is active. Faith that is that can be seen. And one way that we release our faith is through our words. And when we pray, we need to believe the words that we're saying. We'll jump right into that in a few minutes. But Jesus instructed his disciples. He just got finished cursing a fig tree. Peter said, Master, the tree that you cursed, now it's withering away. And Jesus turned around and says, have faith in God. In other words, he is showing them how to use their faith in life. When I go to heaven, my faith, there's, there's a different way of looking at faith. But on earth, I need to have faith in God. We don't preach that there won't be any trials, but we do preach that you can overcome all the trials that come in your way. God expects us to have victory in this life. Even when I lose, I win. (laughs) Even when there's things that are challenging, I have faith that I'm going to get through it. Have faith in God. Another way of looking at this, and even if you look into the Greek, it means to have the faith of God. To have the same kind of faith That God has. God expects us to have faith in Him, and He expects us to have His faith operating in us. God expects a return on the faith that He's given you. In the book of Romans, Romans chapter 12, it says, God has dealt to every person, every man, a measure of faith. God expects you to develop the measure of faith that you have. It's not enough to say you have faith. Every born again believer has faith. How do you know that, Pastor Dwayne? Ephesians chapter two talks about that we're saved by grace through faith. So faith, we can't get we can't get saved without faith. The Bible talks about us saving faith. Then there's serving faith. There's um. Living faith. Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17 talks about not being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first, then to the Greek, to everyone who believes. Notice that it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. It is the gospel is the power of God, but it won't make a difference in your life unless you believe. Believing is in what God has accomplished in Christ, activates that grace or releases that grace or connects with that grace to be applied to your life. Someone just got a revelation of that. But I'm telling you that everything about this Christian journey is a journey journey of faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 talks about that we walk by faith. We walk by faith. So in it, oh, I, I didn't finish the thought in Romans one. It talks about we're to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. So we're to live by faith. Our entire existence should be governed by our faith. I was recently on a broadcast dealing with bridging the gap between the white church and the black church. And one of the things that I said, and I'll keep on echoing, my, I see life through my faith. My faith is greater than my blackness or my culture or, or, or what, the, what, where I'm from. More than being an African-American, I am a Christian and I see life through Christ and through the word of God. So we're to live by faith. Every area of our lives. We should be governed by our faith, even in prayer. And that's what we're going to focus on, even in prayer. But 2 Corinthians 4 says we're to walk by faith. So we're saved by faith, Ephesians 2. We're to live by faith, Romans 1. And 2 Corinthians 4, we're to walk by faith. Everything, and then Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says, he, for it is impossible to please God without faith. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Everything about the Christian faith relies on faith. (laughs) Everything about the Christian relationship with God through Christ is a faith thing. Faith. So we're to operate in faith like God operates in faith. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, I'm going to quote it it for time's sake because I got a lot of more scriptures. It says, To be imitators of God as beloved children. Specifically in that text, it's talking about forgiving. Even as God has forgiven us through Christ, we're to forgive one another. And so Paul is instructing the church to be imitators of God as dear children, forgiving one another. But how many know that it takes... Faith to forgive. The Bible talks about Jesus was instructing. I I think Peter was asking the questions or the disciples were asking the question. How many times should we forgive our brothers? And Jesus responded 70 times seven. And in the Greek, the connotation is to forgive your brothers and your sisters over the same thing per day, 490 times. And the disciples responded, Lord, increase our faith. It t- it, that shows us that it takes faith to forgive a person. So here in Ephesians 1, it says, be imitators of God as their children. We're to imitate God. God, Jesus is our example. The Father God, we're to f- imitate Father God and, and Jesus and follow after the Holy Spirit. I believe we are called to live and operate in faith like God does. Having, have faith in God. How do God release his faith? Through his words. And some would say, are you saying that God has faith? I am. I am saying that God has faith. Everything that God does, he does through faith. I need scripture. I'm glad you asked. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, I want you to go over there with me. Hebrews chapter 11, we're talking about the power of confession in prayer. Hebrews chapter 11, and let's look at verse 3. Well, let's let's play around with this. Ephesians chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And then it goes on, verse three, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So we see here that God used faith to create the world. You see that verse three, it says by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So God used his faith in the beginning. In Genesis, we see that narrative, the biblical narrative that says, in the beginning, God created heaven, the heavens and the earth. And, and it says, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. It, it's, 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 you see it clearly in, in Genesis chapter 1, and God said. Jesus is even called the word of God. There's something about using faith. So God expects us to use our faith like he uses his faith. God created the world through his word. We create our world through our words. God created the world through his words. We create our world through our words. Words are the most powerful things on the earth. I was talking to my oldest son, Destin, recently about the power of words. He had an assignment called Wise, and it's to train a third grader to to expose them to 3,000 words before going to the fourth grade. And, And within this, it has a list of different words. It has reading comprehension. Of course, he wasn't crazy about the reading comprehension, and I was telling him, is to prepare him for life. That the more words he has, the more potential, the greater his potential to make more money. And I actually told him, I said, people will pay you for your words. They will, I said, your mother makes her living or her giving by her words. What are you talking about? She, 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 she's respons- responsible for content on websites. I said, I make my living through my words. I'm like, what do you mean? As a pastor and, and as a guest speaker and even as an author, I make my word, my, make my, my living through words. Everything about me, I have to use my mouth. And so I told him, I said, as you become a master of words, you can watch God do the miraculous in your life. Learning the power of words. You can start a war with words. You can bring peace with words. If you go into a home and there's a bunch of yelling and, and screaming, I'm reading a book called um, Screen-Free Parroting. <laughs> and I'm trying not to scream at as, as, as all, yell. And, and I want to create an environment of, of peaceful speaking. You can control the atmosphere through the words that you speak. The Bible actually says a soft word will turn away wrath. The words that you speak can actually cause more wrath and strife, or it can cause love. You got here because of words. Mom and daddy said some words to each other, and you came into existence nine months later. So words are powerful, and God has given us the ability to use our words. I, I read in Proverbs 18, it says death and life are in the power of the tongue. So we have the ability to speak life into our life or death into our life. So you may ask, what does this have to do with prayer? Everything. Because prayers are made through words. We offer prayers to God through words. Let's go back to Mark 11. The power of confession through prayer. Not only should you tell the Lord all about your problems, but you should remind Him of what His word says. Not that He's forgotten His word, but the Bible tells us, and we looked at this a couple of weeks ago, how the Lord watches over His word to perform it, and His word will not return it to Him void. God is waiting to hear His words through your prayers. If you want to see the power of God at work, even as the spirit of God was waiting for the father to speak the words over creation. He is waiting for you and I to speak our words over our lives and over our situation. Mark eleven twenty-three 23 says this. It says, truly, I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass. It will be done for him. In other words, you can have what you say. Jesus is instructing his disciples to use their words to speak to mountains. Did you know that you and I have the God-given authority to speak to mountains? When the last time you spoke to some mountains, perhaps it was the, you need to speak to some mountains of debt. What a powerful revelation. You can use your words to speak to your situations in your life, mountain representing situations and problems as Jesus demonstrated by speaking to the fig tree. You can curse cancer. Don't sit sit back and allow cancer to have free course in your body. But you have the authority to curse cancer. You can speak death to cancer or to diabetes or to a cold or to coronavirus. You can curse any disease and speak to any part of your body and command it to line up with the word of God. You got pain in your back. Speak to your back. Think about it. Every time you complain about a problem a situation in your, in your body, you're just adding more strength to it. <laughs> Why not speak the answer? Why not pray the solution? Too many of us have prayed the problem. Lord, you know I'm going through. Lord, you know. I'm having a hard time. Lord. And there's a place for that. I'm not telling you not to be transparent, but sometimes people was like, you just need to be real. Well, you, well, if you keep being real, you'll be real carnal and have real drama in your life through the words that you're praying. You can pray a curse on yourself. You can pray. You can imbr- in, in, in employ the, the cycle of death in your life through prayer in the name of prayer. But God wants us to implore the spirit of life in Christ Jesus through praying the word, praying the solution. I love the fact that throughout the weeks we've been praying the word over our situation. So many times people pray from a place of of doubt and unbelief. We need to pray from a place of faith. it's, It's okay when you got born again, you needed to acknowledge that you were a sinner, but now that Jesus' blood has cleansed, cl- cleansed you, now you need to pray from a place of righteousness. Don't pray, oh, I've heard it over the years. Oh, I'm such a worm. Oh, God, grind me to the ground. Oh, God, I'm such a horrible sinner. That's okay to pray if you're coming to Christ. But once you got Christ, don't pray from that place anymore. Pray from a place. Pray from a place of righteousness. Pray from Lord, I thank you that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Father, that Lord, you said if I confess my sins, you are faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from unrighteousness. I'm no longer unrighteous because of the blood of Jesus. Now I am righteous in His sight because His blood, the blood of the Lamb, has been applied to my life. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. I'm telling you, you need to pray from a place of righteousness. Pray from a place of who you are in Christ. Don't say, Oh, I'm such the worst, worst, I'm so far from you, God. No, no, you're so close to Him because His blood has made you near. Ephesians 2 talks about the blood of Jesus makes us near Him. The blood, no, no, we, we have more faith in our sin than we do in the precious blood of Jesus. We 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 praise our unworthiness. This is why I have a problem with many of God's people who pray, oh, Lord, you know, we're not worthy. Who told you that lie? Who told you you was unworthy? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but being justified by his grace and through his blood. I'm no longer unworthy. Now I'm a saint of the most high. I'm on the same class as Jesus. When God sees me, he sees me through his son, the light, the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus. He doesn't see me as a sinner. In Adam, he sees me in Jesus and it's in Christ I live and move and have my existence. May I may we be found in him, not having our own righteousness. We know Jesus was a righteous man and therefore I have his righteousness because of my faith in Jesus. I am righteous in the sight of God. I'm not a sinner. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I'm a saint because I've been saved by grace. God does not treat me as a sinner. He treats me like a son. Amen. Amen. He sees me through through the blood of the lamb. When he sees us, he doesn't see us separated from him. When you sin, you confess that thing because you are acknowledging your mistakes, you are acknowledging your mishaps, your sin. That gives him the power that 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 releases that power to cleanse you from the very thing that made you break out of fellowship with God. So speak from a place of righteousness. Pray from a place of righteousness. Father, I thank you. This is how a righteous man or a righteous woman prays. Father, I thank you that you always hear me when I pray. <laughs> glory to God. I just prayed from the Lord's, the master's prayer. The master said that when he was about to raise up Lazarus. Yeah, he said, Father, I thank you that you always hear me when I pray. You got to have enough confidence because the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, I'm preaching now, 1 John chapter 5, it says, "For this, we have, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we pray anything according to His will, we know that He hears us. And we know that He hears us. We know that we have what we're asking for. And I'm telling you, you pray in confidence. It it tells us in the Hebrews to come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find grace in the time of need. Don't come to the throne all bent over. Oh, oh, I'm so worthy. No, 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 no. You come boldly. I come boldly before your throne through the blood of Jesus, the blood that draws me near. That blood, the blood of Jesus does only come Cover your sins, it cleanses you as if you never sinned. Let me say that one more time. The blood of Jesus cleanses you as if you never sinned. He separates you from your sin as far as the east and the west. The east and west will never cross. So you got to believe that once you confess that thing, it's forever out of your life. So stop repeating your sin before God because he does not remember it from the first time you prayed it and confessed it. The power of confession through prayer When you confess what God says in prayer, you can expect him to hear you. God always hears me when I pray. Come on, say that. God always hears me when I pray. Come on, say it. God always hears me when I pray. God always hears. Father, I thank you for always hearing me when I pray. I thank you for hearing me. Your ears are inclined to the prayers of the righteous. I thank you. You're drawing near to me. You said in your word, if I draw near, you'll draw. If I draw near to you, draw near to me. And I thank you because I draw near through the blood of the Lamb, you are drawn near to me. I thank you. I don't longer pray that Lord be with me. Stop praying that. Pray. I thank you that you're with me because you said you'll never leave me nor forsake me. You said in your word that whatever I bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. You said in your word that if I confess my sins, you'll cleanse me and make me righteous again. Oh God, I thank you. You said in your word that you'll meet my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You said in your word that I'm to walk by faith and not by sight. You said in your word that grace, grace and more grace has been given unto me through the precious blood of Jesus. You said in your word, whatever I speak to, whatever mountains I say, Be removed, it has to remove. That's what she said. That's what I'm talking about, the confession, the power of confession and prayer. You can use your words to speak to the situations in your life. Sometimes we're waiting on God to move the mountains. When 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 God is waiting on us to speak to the mountains. Some people are climbing up the mountains when he told us to speak to the mountain. That's one of the first messages I heard Dr. Price preach. He says, you know, you no wonder some people are so tired in church. Because back when I was growing up, they were singing, climbing up the rough side of the mountain. And I'm saying I'm telling you, there's still churches that sing that mess, that unbelief, that doubt and unbelief. Some of these songs we need to stop singing because <laughs> they're full of doubt and unbelief. Sing, sing the answer. Sing, sing the word, sing faith. <laughs> some prayers, some people, I don't want them praying for me. I, I, I'm telling you, when, one time I was sick for nine days. I was in the hospital for nine days. I was sick for like a couple years. I believe I, I had the virus before there was the virus. But for nine days, I was in the hospital, and people I had heard from from years or even months want to call, come up to the hospital and pray for me. One, I didn't believe that they, their prayers were made a difference because they pray from a place of doubt. They play, pray from a place of defeat. I didn't want, I didn't want people to. And, and, and I told my wife, I said, tell the ministers to pray, pray the prayers of faith. I didn't want anybody praying for me. But I want people speaking life over my situation. Amen. You can curse. I said this before. You can curse the ca- cancer. Don't settle for average. Allow things and to sit back and allow things to happen. All in the, some people, all in the name of God's providence or God's sovereignty. I, I, I'm going to teach about those areas and how do we appropriate those areas or understand those areas. But a lot, of what, a lot, of what people are calling God's sovereignty, or whatever happens in your life. It will be. Let it be. No, 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 no. Do not sit back and let life happens to happen to you, but you make life happen for yourself. It's what you do with life. Life is what you make it. So why not rise up and speak to some situations? Some of y'all got some demonic situations in your life right now. You need to speak to those things. Speak. Take authority over those things and speak to them. Speak. You speak life to your kids. Speak life over your kids. Speak life to them. Tell them they will become what God wants them to be. Tell them they'll be healthy and wealthy and serve God all, their lives, all the days of their life. Prophesy to your children. Prophesy their future. You will be healthy and you will. My mom used to say this all the time. You will marry God, who God wants you to marry. <laughs> I tried to marry a couple other, other women. And because that that word that she spoke over my life, I'm telling you, you need to speak over your children. You will marry God's choice for your life. You will not make a mistake. You will be a godly man, a godly woman. You will be healthy and wealthy. You'll never know the inside of a prison. You'll never be molested. You'll never, ever, ever be um, in in the the hospital outside of having kids. Come on, you you have to speak those things over. You will always know who you are. I heard Minister Frank say this about his boys. You will always know who you are. I'm telling you, you, speak to those things, speak over their lives. Glory to God. And then prophesy your future. Recently, we saw the value of our house increase. Prior to that, we were, we owed more money on the house than the value. But how many know but God? When I started doing and my mu- my wife can testify, I would wake up about five and five thirty in the morning. I had this little Charles Caps book called God's Creative Power. And I sat and I began to confess, walk in my walking the floor in my study. I said, in the name of Jesus, I speak to this house and I command the value to increase in Jesus' name. Not only would the value of this house increase, but everything in this township. And I began to declare. And recently my wife took a screenshot and, and sent it over to me. The value was going up. And I'm telling you, you have the ability. It didn't look like it. And I'm telling you, there was a time that I was coughing almost every day. I was coughing the, my lungs out. <laughs> I, they had me on antibiotics. And I, I got one day I got so sick with the antibiotics. My face got so big. I was sick as sick can be. I I was almost certain I was going to be out of here soon because I couldn't breathe. I hated going to sleep at night. And I'm telling you, I would still speak to my body. I would command whatever was going on to go. And that I believe that I received healing in my entire body. Even in the midst of this, you got to speak over your life. The scripture tells us, Mark eleven twenty three, 23, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he said shall come to pass, he will have what he said. You have to believe what you say. When you believe what you say, listen to this, you have to believe what you say. And when you believe what you say, you will have what you say. Let me say it again. You have to believe what you say. If you, if you are a liar, you won't believe what you say, because you believe God is just like you. If you tell lies, there's no power in your words, because you believe it affects your faith when you lie, because you believe that what you say is a lie because you've been so used to telling a lie. You have to believe what you say. You have to believe what you say, and you will have what you say. You can only have what you say when you believe what you say. Some some don't believe. What they say, therefore, they don't have what they say. They say what they say in front of the pastor or in other believers. But when they're by themselves, they don't say what God says. And really, that's where confession really matters. Confession really matters when you say what God says privately. You can only have what you say when you believe what you say. Let me say that again. You can only have what you say when you believe what you say. The manifestation of what you say will only happen when you believe with your heart and not just your head. One more time. The manifestation of what you say will only happen when you believe with your heart and not just your head. And this is where some have missed it. Let me give you the solution for for not believing only with your head, but with your heart. You have to feed yourself on the word of God daily. Don't just read it, but read it in faith. Feed on it. Feed your faith. Read it in faith. Memorize it in faith. Say it in faith. Study it in faith. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And let's look at verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13. It says, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believe and so I spoke. We also believe. And so we also speak. Here's the Apostle Paul talking about the spirit of faith. Please receive the spirit of faith this morning. The spirit of of faith says, I believe, therefore I speak. So you really say what you believe. Let me say it again. You really say what you believe. The words that are coming out of your mouth is a result of what you believe. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever is in your heart, that's what your mouth will speak. Allow the spirit of faith to grab you this morning. Believe God for the impossible. Go over with me to Mark chapter 9. You may be familiar with these passages. You may even heard me preach along these, mas- these, uh, these this message. But I'm here to tell you, receive it with fresh ears. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for the one, all all things are possible for God. Okay, let's look at verse 22. It has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. That's That's where a lot of people are praying. They're praying for the Lord. If you can do it, Lord, I'm asking you to do it. And and, and Jesus flipped the script and he says, no. If you can, (laughs) it's not a, see, your faith will only grow with you can and not God can. God, God is able. It's not enough to have faith that God is able. Having faith that God is able is not enough to get the job done. Let me say that again to your religious brains. Having faith that God is able is not enough to have it done in your life. God is able to get you out of debt. That's nice and pretty. But what about, you can, he can, you can. So Jesus flipped it. The man man had a a, 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 a possessed son that was possessed by a spirit that often threw him in the fire. And he was sent Jesus, if you can have mercy and help him, and Jesus flipped that thing around, he says, no no, 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 you're not going to put that on me, Lord, if you can get me out of debt, if you can't heal my body, if you can't give me that job, if you can't give me that house, no, Jesus flipped it he says, if you can that that's powerful He, he turns it on you you are you are the steward of your own faith, if you can. All things are possible for, one, for the one who believes. Not if all things are possible to God. All things are possible to you if you believe. If you can believe for it, you can have it. Let me say it again. If you can believe for it, you can have it. If you can't believe for it, you can't have it. And so here, all things are possible. That's not saying what the Word of God says, but it says all things are possible to them that believe. Are you a believer? Are you a believing believer? (laughs) Do you believe God? We need more believing Christians. We need more believing Christians. I'm telling you, I'm amazed to hear people that don't have faith or don't operate their faith. When I say don't have faith, if you're a Christian, you have faith. You have an element, a a measure of faith. You need to develop it. We need more believing Christians. We, We must believe what we believe. Let me say it again. We must believe what we believe. We must live by what we believe. There's Christians who don't believe what they believe, therefore they don't live by what they believe. We must pray what we believe. That's, that's a deep one. We must pray what we believe. If you, Lord, I believe, I receive healing in my body. In Jesus' name. You finish praying that and you go, How you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling bad. I'm feeling horrible, horrible, horrible. Well, you just nullified. Your prayer, your prayer of faith. You you say you believe you receive in prayer. So what you say in prayer, you must live out daily. Don't just leave it there. Amen. The power of confession and prayer is praying in faith and believing what we are praying. You must believe what you're praying. Go with me to 1 Timothy. I got a couple more scriptures before I let you go. 1 Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy chapter six. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. God is good all the time. He's so faithful. First Timothy chapter six, verse 12 says this. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life in, to which you were called and about which you have made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. He talked about the good confession. He talked about fighting the good fight of faith. The fight we're called to have. The fight that we're called to is called the good good fight of faith. The good fight of faith. What are we fighting for? We're fighting for what we believe. For what we believe, we need to fight to believe what we believe. Let me say it again. We need to fight to believe what we believe. The fight of faith. Fight in faith. Fight in faith. It's called a good fight. It's a fixed fight. It's a fight that says you're going to win. No matter what battles you're facing, hold on to eternal life and the good confession that you've made before many witnesses. If you say you're going to, you going believe in God for something, don't get off of it. Keep believing. If you got God's word on it, you got God's guarantee that it's going to happen. So when you pray, understand the power of confession and prayer. Fight to believe what you believe for. And the word, it it means to remain true to God and his word, even in the face of opposition and adversity. It's easy to say by the stripes of Jesus when your body's well and there's no symptoms. (laughs) But it's another thing to say by the stripes of Jesus when your body's racked with pain. (laughs) It's easy to say, my God shall supply all my needs (coughs) according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When all your needs are met. But it's another thing to say when you're facing some financial challenges. It's it's easier to say, oh, I have good kids because they all obey me. (laughs) But it's challenging to say when they get on your last nerve to say, you are good. (laughs) You're not bad. Stop calling your kids bad. That's a horrible thing. You're cursing your kids. Your kids are not bad. Come on, say, you're active. (laughs) I call you well. I call you, you have good common sense. <laughs> Amen. So every day is an opportunity to believe God. So let's go for it. Now is the time to take God and his word. Some focus on their reality. but we need to focus on God's reality. Let's go. I got two more scriptures and we're going to call it a day. Mark chapter 11. Go back to Mark chapter 11. Read this out of King James chapter chapter 11, verse 24. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray. So when do you believe it? When you pray. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So you got to believe that you receive something before you see it. you got to believe you receive something before you actually see it. You believe that you have it before you actually have it. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. Believe you take it now. The word believe you receive it, you believe you take it now. That it's yours now. You have to believe you receive it now. Faith is present tense, not past tense or future tense. Now, that's the problem where some people miss it. They're hoping one day they'll be well. I'm hoping and praying things will turn out. No, no. You don't hope and pray in the dark. Hope, Bible hope is believing, expecting. So you expect to be well in the future. You expect for finances to come your way. You expect, come on. And we know that faith gives substance to the things hoped for. Amen. Believe now. It isn't a feeling but it's a reality when you pray. So before you pray, get the word of God in abundance in your heart and in your mind so that you know that you know God's will concerning that situation. The power of confession in prayer. So when I pray, you speak the word of God. Give you some example. Will you ask for forgiveness? Believe you have it now. So you say let's say you sin, right? Which all of us sin at some point. So you sin today. So you don't wallow in it. You, you go to God and say, Lord, I confess that I missed the mark. I confess that I have sinned, trespassed against your law, trespassed against your law. I, I ask for forgiveness in Jesus' name. Once you pray that, don't keep reminding God about what you, keep, what you did. Don't keep reminding yourself that' what you do, because you're actually acting like Satan. Satan is called the accuser of the brothers and sisters in Christ. Satan accuses us before God. So don't keep wallowing in your sin. Don't keep reminding God of your mistake. Lord, I made a mistake. Lord, you know, I was late to work. Well, if you ask for forgiveness and you ask for grace and mercy... Then you got to believe that you got it the moment you ask. When you ask for healing, believe you have healing now. So you don't go say, Father God, I believe I receive healing in my body. In Jesus' name. And then you go around and say, Yeah, I got it. I'm sick. I'm, I'm about to die. Yep, yep, yep. You just nullify what you believed you receive it. And so if somebody asks you, How you feeling? Well, I believe that I'm healed. <laughs> you're not denying the fact that you're sick, you're denying the reality of it in your life or its, its power in your life. You're not denying, so Christian science is mind over matter. We don't operate in Christian science. Christian sign, science is occultish and demonic and new ages, and from new age, I'm sorry. So we deny, if you're sick in your body, when you got your scriptures, Lord, you said in your word that you were healing me from all my diseases, according to Psalm 100. You said that Isaiah 53, that with his stripes I am healed. You said in 1 Peter 2.24, by whose stripes I am healed. You said in Matthew 8.17, he himself took upon my infirmities and burned my sicknesses. And so, Father, because Jesus took it, I don't have to have it. Because Jesus took it, I don't have to have it. So therefore, Lord, I claim healing in my body. I command my lungs to line up with the Word of God. I command this pain to go. Jesus bore my sicknesses. He carried my pain. And I thank you, Father, by faith I receive healing in my body. I receive a pain-free body in Jesus' name. When you ask for healing, believe you receive it now. And I'm telling you to go around lying if the doctor said, "Does that hurt? Yes, it hurts. <laughs> uh, how you feeling? I, I may not be feeling that the greatest, but by faith, I believe you can say that to the doctor because you're paying them to visit. I believe that the Lord is healing my body. I believe that I'm already healed now. Well, you sound strange, but I pray, doctor, and I believe you got his time, you're paying that money, you're paying that copay, you need to tell them what you believe. Now, don't be stupid with it. <laughs> don't deny it. Like, oh, I'm not paid. Oh, you know, no, if you're in pain, hey, I'm in pain. But I believe that I'm healed. Or you can say it under your breath. Well, I believe I'm healed. Oh, excuse me? I believe that I'm healed. How you feeling? I believe. Don't get out of this, the realm of the feelings. I feel like. <laughs> oh, you feeling now? We walk by feeling now. Huh? I feel like. I feel like killing myself. I feel depressed. I feel confused about my sexuality. I feel confused about my money. I'm confused. No, you keep saying that. <laughs> See what happens, spirit of confusion will come upon you. No, you don't go based on what you feel like. Cause feel like don't ever lead you anywhere but to destruction. We walk by faith. No, I faith like. <laughs> My faith says I'm well. My faith says that I got the mind of Christ. My faith says I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. My faith says I will overcome this situation. My faith says that my kids are blessed and the, the seed my seed is righteous and mighty on, on the earth. Psalm 110. My faith says that he'll bless me with houses and lands. My faith says that I'm increasing in the knowledge of God and wisdom. My faith says that the ministry of Jesus is an operation in my life. My faith, come on. <laughs> that you got to say what your faith faith speaks I have so much more <laughs> we'll touch a little bit about this even if I don't do a part two to next week we'll touch a little bit more well yeah we'll touch on mark 11:25 to next week and the six eyes of faith we'll talk about that next week praise the lord I pray that this word was encouraging to you this morning. I pray that you will step in faith and start believing God for what his word says. The power of confession and prayer. There is a place in prayer you need to speak the word of God. So let me give you some examples. Lord, I thank you for wisdom today. So, Father, you said in your word, James chapter one, that if any of us like wisdom, let us ask of you who gives liberally to all. And so, Father, I'm asking for my liberal portion of wisdom for this day or for this situation. I believe I receive wisdom right now in Jesus name. Father, I thank you for the wisdom. So I don't keep praying and asking God for wisdom for that situation or that day. Now, tomorrow is another situation. I pray for wisdom. You know, you need to pray for wisdom for each day. So for the day, I want to say I thank you for the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God employs my mind. So the power of confession and prayer. I thank you, Lord, that the wisdom of God employs my mind. I have wisdom. Jesus has made wisdom unto me. I thank you, Lord. God, you've made Jesus wisdom unto me. I believe I receive wisdom from on high. I have wisdom. You said in your word that you store up wisdom for the upright. And I thank you I'm upright today because of Jesus. And I have wisdom. I have wisdom in this situation. I believe I receive wisdom. I thank you, Lord, that I have wisdom in this situation. I thank you you give me wisdom on my job. I get wisdom. Wisdom to live. Wisdom to operate. Wisdom to do my job more proficiently. Wisdom. Wisdom to be a better parent. Wisdom to be a better spouse. Wisdom to be a better grandparent. Wisdom. God, I thank you for wisdom. I have wisdom. I walk with wisdom. I speak wisdom. I live by wisdom. God, I thank you. Wisdom governs my life. That's what I'm talking about. The power of confession and prayer. I I go from asking to now thanking. Asking from asking to declaring. I'm declaring I have wisdom because I've already prayed it. I've always already acknowledged that he is the author of all wisdom. Now I believe I receive it. And James tells us, to: once you pray it, it's not doubt, not be double-minded, but believe that you have it. Start acting like you got it. So if you believe you got it, Lord, I thank you, I have wisdom. Same thing with joy. Lord, you said in your word that the joy of the Lord is my strength. You said in your word that you that in your presence is fullness of joy. I need some joy today, God. I need joy. I need that Jesus joy. And so, Father, by faith, today I believe I receive joy. Joy for the day. God, I thank you, God, and I decree and declare that I have joy. Today I thank you that no matter what I'm facing, I count it all joy. I I operate in the fruit of joy. Joy is abundance in my life. I thank you, Lord, that I can rejoice in the midst of hell. I can see the bigger picture. God, I thank you that joy keeps me and sustains me. I thank you that I will not be depressed. I thank you for the spirit of heaviness, the spirit of depression. You've given me the garment of praise. And so because I'm full of joy, I give you praise today. I give you glory today. I praise your name for you are the God that gives joy. You laugh over my calamities. Yes, you do. According to your word, God, you laugh over my calamities. I rejoice in the fact that you've already worked things out. The power of confession and prayer. Come on, stop praying the, stop praying the, the, the problems. Acts chapter 4 tells us how the earlier church prayed the solution. They quoted God's word back to him. Lord, you said by your holy prophet David, <laughs> why did a heathen rage against your holy one, God? Oh, they, they quoted the scriptures to God, Father, the sovereign Lord. They reminded themselves of who God was in prayer. You are the sovereign Lord who made heaven and earth. So they went back to creation, Genesis chapter one. And they reminded God that this problem, see, they didn't pray the problem. The problem was they were there were certain threats against. Peter and John for for doing miracles in Jesus' name. And they were were beaten for the name of Jesus. And so Peter and John went back to their own company, to their own group of friends, people who believe like they believe. You need to have a company like that. People that believe like you believe. And they went to their own company and they told them about the threats. And the Bible says, and they together prayed and united prayer. And they prayed the word of God. They prayed the solution. They didn't talk about just how much the threatens was. That were, but they begin to declare that you are the sovereign Lord who made heaven and earth. So this problem is too little. <laughs> uh, they begin to magnify the Lord. The Bible tells us in Proverbs, I mean Psalms, "Oh, come and let us magnify the Lord together." How do you make magnify the Lord? Make him big in your life. He's already big, so you can't make him bigger than he, he, he already is. So you make him big in your prayer life. You make him big in your life. So you begin to declare. And confess how big God is. When you pray, I'm telling you, don't, this is a saying, it's a churchy saying, so don't get offended about it. It says, uh, don't tell your problems, I mean, don't tell God how big your problems are, but tell your problems how big God is. All right? That's a church, he said. Well, in Acts chapter 4, that's what they did. So there was threats against the church. They didn't magnify the threats. They mentioned the threats. But the first thing they did is they applied the rule of magnifying. They did the power of confession in prayer. Sovereign Lord who made heaven and earth. So the first thing they did is they glorified how big God is. You made heaven and earth. So this little threat is nothing to you. Lord And then they quoted the words, Psalm two, "Lord did not your prophet, David say. so they quoted the word (laughs) then they said there are certain threats against your servants but Lord by your holy child Jesus they prayed in Jesus name stretch out your hands to do signs and wonders (laughs) the Bible says after they finished praying not only they shook but the whole place shook people get upset and these religious demon influenced people get upset at people shaking under the power. But what are you going to say when the building starts shaking? The Bible says the building shook after they prayed, and they left with boldness to even speak even more so in the name of Jesus. Saints of God, it's time to rise up and to employ confession in your prayers. Stop praying the problem and start praying the solution. Start thanking God for what you've already believed Him for. When you believe, when you prayed it once, give God thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you that it's already done. I thank you, Father. I believe I have all the resources that I need to live in life. You're giving me everything that pertains to life and godliness. I have the authority. I have the ability to overcome every temptation that comes my way. I have the ability to overcome every trial, every tribulation. You, I thank you that my faith is the victory that overcomes the word. What am I doing? I'm praying the power of confession in the word and prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this word. I praise you and I give your name, glory, and honor. Today, if you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you've not made him, put your faith in him, I want to invite you to make him the Lord of your life. The Bible says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. So I invite you today to call upon the name of the Lord, that today's the day for you to be born again. If you're a backslider, I want you to repent and turn away from your sins and embrace who Jesus is and what he's done for you. You are a sinner, but Jesus wants to make you his saint. So come now at the altar and offer up yourself and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come inside and to change you. Pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. There's no faith there's no magic in the prayer. There's only faith in God. So I pray this prayer. Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm asking you to forgive me of all my sins. I believe that Jesus died for my sins, and I embrace him as my Lord and Savior. I believe I receive eternal life now, and I confess that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus is my Lord. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, and meant it with your heart. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Welcome to the family of God. We celebrate you. Praise God. There's a party in heaven because you've repented from your sins. Uh, if you if you prayed that prayer and you meant it or you, you were backslidden and you can't gave yourself back to Christ, I want you to email us at info at kingdomlivingnj.org, info at kingdomlivingnj.org. And I want you to tell us that you made Jesus the Lord of your life. And if you're here in the United States, we will send you a, uh, 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 a little booklet about what it meant, what it means to be saved and what to do next. We want to invite you and welcome you to the family of God.
0: That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Grand Cocos, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to his word. God bless you.